0: This morning, I'd like to talk to you about the transformation by the power of God. Transformation by the power of God. Before we really dive into the power of God and and talking about it, discussing, studying it, I want to remind you of a couple verses. It says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everybody say that with me Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, Yesterday, today, today and, forever. and forever. In Malachi 3.6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Amen. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the Word of our God will stand... Somebody say, Forever. You know, what I want uh, you all to really realize and understand today is that the will of God and the power of God has not changed. He has not changed His mind. If it was His will uh, during the time of Jesus, it's His will today. If it was His will in the garden, it's His will today. His power at creation is still active today. In fact, the same power that was active at creation is active on the, uh, the inside of you and I today. I want to say that again, the power that was present and active at creation is living and dwelling on the inside of you today. And I want to tell you, it is at your disposal. The will of God and the power of God has not changed. Contrary to what some may believe, the will of God has not changed at the end of the book of Revelation. Some people believe that when the book of Revelation was written, That was it. And the will of God changed concerning the things of the Spirit. That's inaccurate. It's a doctrine of demons. Contrary to popular belief, His power is still for us today. It is still unmatched and it still overwhelms any work of the devil. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Amen. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Very popular verse, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to anyone who believes. If you would, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. I want to hear more pages turning than cl- than buttons clicking. <laughs> I appreciate you calling me sir, but sir is my dad. So, <laughs> First John chapter three. In verse 8, and really what I want to focus on is the second half of verse 8, but we'll read the full verse. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning from the beginning. But the Son of God has come to destroy the works of the devil. Somebody say that. Destroy the works of the devil. The King James puts it a little bit better in my opinion. For this purpose... The Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know, so many people like to, to say that Jesus came to save the world. Well, that, that, is, that's a, that is a major focus. Yes, that is a major purpose. But with that in mind, he was manifest to do one thing, destroy the works of the devil. Somebody say that. Destroy Destroy the works works. of the devil. And it's very odd for me to, to say that, to preach that, because God is light. God is life. God rebuilds. God constructs things in our life. But here it says that He came to do what? Destroy. He came to do some damage. When we talk about this word destroy, It means to do away with, to deprive of its authority, to declare unlawful and to overthrow. It means to annul the acts. When we talk about destroy, its express purpose is to liquidate the devil's activities, to bring to naught and to undo all of the devil's deeds. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And here in just a minute, we're going to talk about what these works are and how he's going to destroy them. If you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 34. Here, Peter begins to preach to the Gentiles. And after this message, we see for the first time, the Holy Spirit descends and indwells the Gentiles. And we see that they are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But let's see what the Holy Spirit has to say. In verse 34, Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. I want you to underline that, circle that, highlight that. Because Jesus is the same. How? Yesterday, today, and forever. Here we see that God has no favorites. I like to say it like this. God has no favorites because we are all His favorite. What He's done for one, He'll do for anybody who asks, believes, and receives. What He's done for one, He'll do for anybody who asks, believes and receives. I sure do appreciate what Brother Copeland said. He said this when I was a child and it has stuck with me to this day. God is no respecter of persons. He is for every person. God is no respecter of persons. He is for every person. In uh, verse 35, in every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. Verse 38, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Somebody say that, power. Power. Then Jesus went around, doing good and healing all Who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. What I want to see here, want us to see here is focus in verse 38, and it says, and that you know that God anointed, somebody say, God anointed anointed. Jesus Jesus of Nazareth. And this is some very basic things. We we know that God sent Jesus, that God gave him his spirit, that God gave him power. But you know what? We can know those things and not live in the reality of the benefit of that. And so it says that he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So Jesus was, when we say anointed, it literally means to uh, be poured upon from the head down. To be poured upon from the head down. He was endued, covered, scented yes. with... Yes. When they would anoint a king, they would pour it on his head and it would just go down everywhere uh, from his body, from the top of his head down. He smelled like this oil. Or in other words, Jesus smelled like the anointing. The essence of the anointing was all around him. You could not mistaken that that was Jesus because the anointing was on him. I want to skip to the end. That anointing is on you and I. But he was anointed with what? the Holy Spirit, and with power. He was anointed with the Spirit of God and the power of God. I love talking about the power of God. That's why we're here today. When we talk about the power of God, is this word, anybody know? Dunamis. Is this Greek word dunamis? Don't bother yourself with, with the Greek. I'll take care of it for you and help you out here a little bit. But this word dunamis is where we also get the word Dynamite, but guess what? Dynamite wasn't in the time of Jesus, yeah, right. and so what they did is they used this word dunamis to describe the force of nature. Any time that there was a storm that would come up off of the Mediterranean, in fact, we see in Acts chapter twenty-eight there was a yearly storm called Euroclidon. It's a pretty cool name. But there was this storm that came every year around September to November and wreaked havoc on the Mediterranean, and no one sailed. In Acts chapter 28, we see that despite everybody's uh, objections, they sailed. And Euroklodon had, had its way with, with Paul's boat, and they were shipwrecked. But we see here is that Dunamis is the power of a force of nature, it is the power to destroy, to shake up, to uplift, and to remove. Oftentimes, we, when we think about the power of God, we think of the power of God to, to put something back together, to, to, uh, to build and to, to reconstruct. But really, that's not what this word has to do with. It means to remove, to level any fortress the devil has created and to wash away any remnant of evidence that that fortress was ever there. That is the power of God. The power of God is to what? Destroy the works of the devil. And then it says this that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, and he did what? Went around. Somebody say, went around. It literally means this that he just journeyed and he was looking for every opportunity to do two things, and that was to do good and heal. Somebody say that do good and heal. And when we think about doing good, we think just kissing babies and shaking hands. But let me tell you, Jesus was no politician. What it means is to do good, it means to bestow benefits onto somebody. And so every town that Jesus went in where he was welcomed and not kicked out, he would begin to bestow benefits to the people there. Well, what kind of benefits? Financial benefits. He would give money to the poor. He would give money to widows. He would set people back in the position that they needed to be. He would make wrongs right. That's what it means that he went around doing good, not just shaking hands and kissing babies. But he literally went around making wrongs right. Just like he does today. Didn't he say, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And he said, if if you lend to the poor, I will repay. Somebody say that. I will will repay. repay. Your neighbor's not going to pay you back. Arguably, the devil's really not going to pay you back either. Who is? God. And what we see Jesus doing today, he was still doing then. He was still investing and he was still uh, caring about people's finances which means that he had a large purse. It says that he went around doing good and healing. Somebody say that, healing. healing. Well, healing just simply means to cure. But not just to cure, it means to make whole. What's the difference between curing and making whole? The difference is when you're whole, there was no remnant that that sickness and disease was ever there. And we see that in the story of the lepers. Jesus healed the lepers. They all went to the priest to show themselves that we've been cured. But what happened to the one? He came back and he was what? Made whole. It says that he went around doing good, bestowing benefits, curing and making whole. All who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Somebody say oppressed. You know, it's a very interesting phrase. Oppressed by the devil. When we talk about this word oppressed, it's two Greek words compounded together. One is kata, and the other one is dunamis, which is interesting. Didn't it say that God anointed Jesus with what? Dunamis. But when we look at this word oppressed, it is kata and dunamis. Kata means to dominate to lord over oneself. And then dunamis, when you put these two words together, and it's actually called a dunestio. Don't write it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) The word actually means this. It depicts a dominating tyrant or a wicked king lording himself over his subjects. This tyrant will dictate What they can and cannot do, where they can and cannot go. The devil will terrorize his subjects by lying about their future, what what will happen in their marriage, how much money they will make, how much they can spend, and how much they can give. He will convince them of sickness that will never leave leaving his subjects miserable and oppressed. And this is a mind game. And when we talk about this word oppressed, it is, it is depicting the devil lording himself in somebody's mind, telling them what they can and cannot do. Where they can and cannot go. What is the final outcome of this situation? But let me tell you, what did Jesus come to do? Destroy the works of the devil. Let me tell you this morning, there are people that are oppressed. And it can be what you consider a small oppression. Oh, it's not that bad. I've learned to live with it. If you learn to live with it, he's convinced you that you have to live with it. You are oppressed. Now for the record, I'm saying oppressed, not possessed. (laughs) If you are possessed, then you definitely are oppressed, but we'll talk about that later. But we see that Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. You know, the devil may have lied to you about your state of life right now. You may be convinced that your marriage is over or your marriage will never get better. Let me tell you, that is a lie. When the devil speaks, he only speaks his native language, lies. The devil may have lied to you and convinced you that this condition is permanent. I'll have to live with it. He has lied. And you have been convinced the devil's maybe told you you'll never be what you've dreamt of being. That's a lie. Maybe he's convinced you that your financial status will never change. You'll always be paycheck to paycheck. You'll always be behind. Let me tell you, that is a lie. And the devil has convinced you. But let me tell you, Jesus has come to do what? Do good and heal all who are oppressed of the devil. Perhaps the devil has convinced you that you'll never have that house or have that car. Let me tell you, you can. Perhaps the devil has convinced you, you'll never be able to to give, you'll never be able to, to do great things for God. Let me tell you, he's lied to you, he's oppressed you, he has lorded himself over you, but Jesus has come to do good and heal all who are oppressed of the devil. But I want to tell you that no matter what kind of oppression the devil has convinced you of or lorded himself over your life, but God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, and what he did then, he'll do today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to tell you, what you saw Jesus do in the Gospels, he still does today. Amen. What you saw Jesus do in the Gospels, he will do for you today. And the, I sense this in the Spirit. Somebody is saying, I'm not worthy of it. Let me tell you, you have been oppressed. You have been lorded over. The devil has convinced you that it is not for you. But let me tell you, Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to destroy every work of the devil in your life. The power of God is going to lay waste to everything the devil has constructed in your mind and in your body. And he will destroy everything that the devil sets up. And you're going to go free. But God anointed Jesus with unmatched power and healing all who were oppressed by the devil's tyranny. The power of God will go to work in the life of anyone who believes. And the power of God will destroy every work of the devil, removing any evidence there ever was bonds to oppress you. Can I? Let's turn one to Isaiah. I did not plan to go here, but I want to do this. Isaiah. Isaiah, chapter nine. And we're going to start in verse 2. Oh, I love that sound. Those pages need a workout. Isaiah 9 and verse 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of every slavery. You will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. I want to say that to you again in verse 4. You will break... The yoke of their slavery. You know, this word break is not really a great word. It literally means this to destroy and to make to not, and it is crushing power. And when God breaks something in your life, and when God uses uh, his power in your life, there is not even evidence that that yoke was even there that those chains were even there, that that sickness was even there, that those scars were even there. And I want to tell you that the power of God is for you today. And you may sit here and think, well, I know that the power of God is real. I know that the power of God is for today, but I just haven't seen it. It's not for me. Can I hurt your feelings a little bit? Turn with me to Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. Anybody there? In verse one, you should know this, Timothy. Why thank you, Paul. That in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud and scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Now let's skip down to verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. The NLT puts it like this. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. You know, I was listening to the Believers Convention this week. Jeremy Pearson says something that really stuck with me. Are we really in faith or or are we just really good at pretending? Do we really believe in the power of God or do we just talk about it? The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of, let me say that again. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. power. You know, we can talk about the power of God a lot. You can say, I'm believing God for my full restoration. Well, that's great. But you need to know that the power of God is more willing to destroy the works of the devil than you are. The power of God is more ready to destroy the works of the devil in your life than you are. We've gotten too comfortable in shackles. We've gotten too comfortable in chains. We've gotten too comfortable taking pills. We've gotten too comfortable going to the doctors. I've got nothing against doctors. I appreciate them, love them. They have their point and their purpose. But let me tell you, we've gotten too comfortable being oppressed by a tyrant that is not our Lord. That is not our Savior. but the power of God, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is willing, able, and eager to destroy any work of the devil in your life. And when I, I feel the Lord said very clearly, I don't want to even say I feel, I know the Lord said clearly. That there are people who have a form of godliness about them, but they deny the power. Or in other words, they deny the right of the power to be active in their life. Content being religious, content going to church, but they don't want the power of God. Why? Because the power of God will destroy anything in his path that's not supposed to be there. And perhaps we've gotten comfortable with Lord sickness and Lord poverty. Well, it's kind of silly to think that. Why would somebody be so comfortable with sickness and poverty? Because it's normal. It's normal. Nobody likes change. Let me tell you, this is the change you need to go through. Can I tell you something? You went from death to life. The biggest change of it all. (laughs) You changed your eternal trajectory and your eternal destination with confessing that Jesus is Lord of your life. And if you can handle that change, well, you can handle the change that will come by letting the power of God Move and dwell and destroy the works of the devil in your life. You may say there, I don't have, any, I don't have anything in, in my life. I don't have anything that the, Lord, that the devil is lording himself over me. Let me tell you, if you're living with something, if there's a battle in your mind, if you deal with fear, if you deal with worry, if you deal with anxiety, if you deal with depression, if you deal with any sort of sickness and disease, the power of God has come to destroy it. There is nothing that the power of God will not do for the one who believes. There is nothing the power of God won't do to anyone who believes. So, with that being said, what do I need to do? We need to believe that the power of God is for you and is for today. Somebody say, today. And when I mean today, I mean August 6th, 2023, at 1141. And when we say today, I'm not meaning this time and this era of the church. No, I'm meaning today. Right now, the power of God is for you today. It's for you Today. How many of you want to go free today? Yes. You need to believe that the power of God is for you and is for today. Number two, you need to receive the power of God in your life, just like the day you received Jesus as your Lord. I want to say that to you again. Receive the power of God in your life, just like the day you received Jesus as your Lord. Well, Tim, is it that simple? Yeah, it is. Well, Tim, I've been to all these prayer meetings. I've done all these things. I went to these classes. I read these books. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. They're all good. But did you ever receive Jesus, heal my body? Jesus, destroy the works of the devil in my life. Every work. Somebody say every work. Every, every work. You know what? Because he may destroy something that, that you, you kind of like. How many of you have had uh, grandchildren, or, or most of you, I mean, unless you're, you're not married, don't have any kids? Uh, what do kids like to do? Destroy. <laughs> I've got two, they're wonderful blessings and they destroy every work of mine <laughs> and Sarah's. And there are times where I really liked that, but it's not there anymore. <laughs> Julianna Hannah has this, this habit. Uh, we're teaching her that you can put your bowl in the sink, put your utensil in the sink, but before that, scrape your food into the trash can. She's gotten okay with it, but she doesn't like step two. And she just takes the bowl, takes the fork, and just dumps it in the trash can. (laughs) And there will be times, where is that utensil? It is somewhere at the landfill. (laughs) But you need to receive that the power of God, receive the power of God in your life just like the day you received Jesus as your Lord. Could it really be that simple? It is that simple. If you step aside and let God work, if you let your mind step aside and let God work, if you let your will step aside and let God work, if you let your feelings step aside and let God work. I want to tell you, I really sense this in the spirit. Some people have gotten so comfortable with the bonds and the shackles. You don't even think they're bonds and shackles anymore because you've decorated them and made them look nice. You've made them an idol in your life. But let me tell you, you can go free. I want to speak to your heart and I want to speak to your mind today. I want the Spirit of God to penetrate your heart and your mind that you do not have to be bound and shackled. You don't have to be bound by drugs. You don't have to be bound by alcohol. You don't have to be bound by oppression. You don't have to be bound by sickness or disease or financial poverty or financial lack. You don't have to be bound with the thought that your marriage is struggling and coming to an end. Why? Because God can destroy all the works of the devil, put your marriage back together, set your life on the trajectory that he has planned for you, and you can fulfill everything that he's called you to do. You need to believe that the power of God is for you. It's for today. You need to receive the power of God in your life, just like the day you received Jesus as your Lord. But there's something interesting that comes along with receiving power. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 8, that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, let me tell you, it's a wild ride. And it's worth it. And lastly, you need to deliver that power to others. You need to deliver that power for others. Don't hoard that power for yourself. In fact, we're called to be a fountain, not a lake or a pond. You know, I love Kentucky Lake, but you know what? It's kind of gross. But we're meant to be a fountain Constantly being poured into And constantly pouring out Constantly being poured into Constantly pouring out What does that mean? It means that you get to go around Doing good And healing all who are oppressed By the devil. For God is with you. Can I say that to you again? How God anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power, and you went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with you. Well, that's Jesus. You know, Jesus did it as an example. Jesus did it as an example. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he has to have some agents. He has to have some ambassadors. He has to have some people willing to be used to dispense the power of God into other people's lives. And not just talk about it. Not just act religious about it. Not just have a form of godliness, but actually be about the power. we have gotten comfortable talking about it. One day, one day, one day. I'm not about one day. I want to see it today. I'm not about one day. I want to see it today. Are there things God's going to do in the future? Absolutely. 100%. Our future is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. But let me tell you, Jesus has went about in this room today. Jesus has shown up today. And he wants to go around doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. You know, that's some good news. That Jesus showed up today. The power of God has shown up today. And what he wants to do is go up and down every aisle. He wants to go around searching so that he can do two things to do good in your life and to heal you of all oppression of the devil. That's what he wants. Are we willing? Are we willing? I got one willing person over there. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Bryce, I was really praying. The Lord said this message was entirely for you. You're going free today. (laughs) I say that literally and jokingly, if that can make sense. Is there anybody willing? Is there anybody willing to let God do some good in your life today? Is there anybody willing to let him touch your body today and see you you healed healthy and whole in the name of Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I really just want to point this out one more time. There are some people in here that are just far too comfortable with their shackles far too comfortable with their chains, far too comfortable with their sickness, their spirit of infirmity, far too comfortable with their condition, far too comfortable with financial lack. And you've made it look normal. You've decorated it, made it an idol. You may have even had a religious spirit about it and say, I'm suffering for Jesus. Let me tell you what suffering for Jesus is. It's suffering for the gospel's sake. It's not suffering things that he paid and spilt his blood so that you can be free from. That is not suffering for Jesus. If there is a sickness and disease in your life, it's not from God. It's not to teach you a lesson. It is the devil lording himself and terrorizing you. I want to tell you today, today is Freedom Day. Bryce had no idea what I was going to talk about. He's always asking me to. He was in my car the other day. He said, what are you going to preach about? It's none of your business. (laughs) But the Spirit of God is saying the same thing. It's time for people to go free today. Who wants to go free today? Amen. Who wants to go free today? Where's the team? If some of y'all would come up.